You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. The serious side of the J. Rao Show is coming up next right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. No more, it's none of my business. No more, I'm sure they'll work it out. No more, boys will be boys. No more, I'll say something next time. No more, why didn't she tell anyone? No more, she was flirting with him. No more, she's too smart to let that happen. No more, not my problem. No more, he didn't mean it. No more, why doesn't she just leave? No more, he said he was sorry. No more, she was drunk. No more, she was asking for it. No more, she seems just fine to me. No more, she should have been more careful. No more. We don't talk about that. No more bystanding. No more ignorance. No more excuses. No more. No more. No more. WWE Superstar Big Show here to tell you if you've been drinking, get a ride. Take a cab. Find another safe way to get home. Cops all across the country are cracking down on drunk driving. They will see you before you see them. Drive sober or get pulled over. Online radio at its best. Online radio at its best. Hey, 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 good day. If you're ready, map of the south. Let's do this. I'm telling you, I am first very honored that you would join me tonight. He has a very limited time spot, so we want to bring in Mr. Alan Farrell right away. Hey, how are you, Kathleen? You know what? I'm going to make you do what I do, baby. Man, what's crack-a-lackin', baby? What's crack-a-lackin'? It's time for the serious side of the James Brown Show. Don't try to call me out, princess. You can take your love and true purpose and stick it. She's a bitch. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Network. From NPR News in Washington, I'm Giles Snyder. A second whistleblower has come forward. ABC is reporting this morning that an attorney is confirming that the second whistleblower has spoken to the intelligence community's inspector general about President Trump's dealings with Ukraine. ABC spoke with attorney Mark Zaid, who also represents the initial whistleblower. Tens of thousands of anti-government demonstrators are once again on the streets of Hong Kong. Police have fired tear gas and protesters have lobbed bricks and Molotov cocktails. NPR's Emily Fang reports many marchers are masked in defiance of a ban announced last week. Marchers face up to a year in prison for wearing masks, but the ban has been nearly unenforceable because so many residents are wearing them. Protesters say they are willing to risk the legal consequences of marching today because they fear emergency powers may be used to further erode civil liberties in Hong Kong. Hong Kong's high court today rejected an attempt to block the mask ban. It refused to grant an injunction, but said it will hear a challenge to Carrie Lam's use of emergency power to impose the measure. Four people are dead, five injured after a shooter opened fire overnight at a bar in Kansas City, Kansas. Erica Hunsinger with member station KCUR has more. Officials say a gunman walked into tequila KC just before 1.30 a.m. Sunday and started shooting. Kansas City police say four people were killed inside the bar and five people were taken to the hospital with injuries. Police do not have anyone in custody. Police also say they'll be pulling surveillance video from the bar. 
For NPR News, I'm Erica Hunsinger in Kansas City. A key witness in the murder case against a former Dallas police officer has been shot and killed days after the officer was convicted. From member station KERA in Dallas, Saida Hassan reports. Police are investigating the fatal shooting of Joshua Brown, who was a neighbor of Botham Jean. 28-year-old Brown was shot Friday evening at a Dallas apartment complex. He was taken to a nearby hospital where he died. Brown testified during the murder trial of Amber Geiger. Just days before his death, a Dallas County jury sentenced the former police officer to 10 years in prison for the murder of Botham Jean. Geiger claimed she entered Jean's apartment by mistake. She shot and killed him, thinking he was an intruder in her home. Joshua Brown testified he met Jean for the first time the day he was killed by Geiger. For NPR News, I'm Saida Hassan in Dallas. The cause of a series of what is believed to have been electrical explosions in Southern California last night remains under investigation. The explosions caused chaos and confusion at an Oktoberfest celebration in Huntington Beach. Brian Hallis was inside a German restaurant. There were three explosions. The first that were down like deep thuds, and the last one was the big one where you could see the fire roll up through the sides of the building and up underneath the top. Several people were hurt in the blast, including two firefighters. And you're listening to NPR News. Coming up next on The Serious Side. The House might not even need records anymore because remember that thing Trump did where he asked the foreign government to investigate his political rival, Joe Biden, the reason for the impeachment inquiry? Well, this morning he did it again, this time on TV. What exactly did you hope Zelensky would do about the Biden after the phone call? Well, I would think that if they were honest about it, they'd start a major investigation into the Biden. It's a very simple answer. Uh, They should investigate the Biden, because how does a company that's newly formed and all these companies, if you look at, and by the way, likewise, China should start an investigation into the Biden. Everyone should be investigated. Why aren't, why isn't every, rarely during a witch hunt do you see the witch drown herself, but this is. No, I said from the beginning, the constitutional process, notwithstanding what he calls it, he calls the impeachment machine a coup, a coup. He talks about how we should handle whistleblowers. He talks about there will be a civil war. This is the guy that's unhinged. He is unhinged. I worry about what he's going to do, not about me or my family. I worry about what he'll do in the next year in the presidency as this thing continues to rot on his watch. I can speak for myself. I, I forgive you. And I know if you go to God and ask him, he will forgive you. think anyone could say it. Again, I'm speaking for myself, not even bad for my family. But I love you just like anyone else. And I'm not going to say I hope you rot and die just like my brother did, but I see, I, I personally want the best for you. Welcome to the serious side of the Jay Wild Show with Mrs. Vanessa Maybell, Mr. Jerome Esprit, the official texter of the show, Mr. Johnny D, and Mr. Elias. Now here is your host, Jay Wild. 
Good Sunday morning to you folks. Today is October 6, 2019, and you're in tune to the serious side of the J. Rowell Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. Hope you guys are having a great Sunday morning, and I hope you are here listening to the show if you're not listening live, but if you're listening, that's important to us. As always, I never share the stage by myself, and like the man said, I am J. Rowell. Thank you so much for allowing me and my crew in your home every Sunday. But let me introduce you to them. First up, she's my big sis. She brings that southern twang in. She's an avid in SNBC and CNN. Listen, you notice how I switched those around. But she's in the house this morning to give you her perspective. Let's say good morning to the very lovely Miss Vanessa Maybelli. What's going on, Vanessa? How are you? Good morning. I miss you. How are you? But let me start by saying you're a whistleblower. You're a whistleblower. You're a whistleblower. Everybody's a whistleblower. We're going to definitely get into this. It is getting interesting. Can't wait to have a conversation about it. Thank you so much for being here. The man we call the educated brother himself, the brother with the smooth baritone pipes, the brother who brings that knowledge every Sunday morning, the one and only Mr. Johnny D in the place to be. What's going on, sir? How are you doing? Good morning, good morning, good morning. Uh, I am blessed and just excited about being here. Uh, Miss Vanessa certainly has enough energy for everyone, so I'm not going to say whistleblower, whistleblower. Good morning. <laughs> but I tell you what, you, you have certainly roused my suspicion as to what your conversations will be today, so I am so looking forward to it. And Mr. Les and Mr. Jerome, uh, it's always an honor to 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 be um, to be associated with, with with not only the broadcast but with, with those great contributors as well. So, looking forward to the topic, Jay. Uh, again, thank you for this opportunity to be able to serve. Hey man, thank you for the opportunity that you uh, give us to be in your presence. Uh, you bring a lot of knowledge to the table, man, and the fans are just excited. We've had a lot of people sit in that chair over the years, but people are excited about the one and only the educated brother himself, Mr. Johnny D. We've had Republicans sit in that chair. We've had some crazy folks sit in that chair, but God dang it, I think we have the right guy swinging around, swirling around in a big chair. Thank you for being in the house, little bro. Appreciate you. Speaking of the man, the man who runs everything around here, the man and gets the first and last word to one and only Mr. L to the E to the S is in the house. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning. Good morning, Jay. Good morning, Hulk. And good morning, Nessa. Uh, morning. It's always a pleasure to be with all you guys every Sunday morning. Even though I won't be here well, next week. Uh, yeah, I won't be here next week. Mm. That time. But thanks, Mr. Elias, for announcing that over there. Thank you very much. All right, so Mr. Elias won't be here next week. We'll find that out together. And, of course, (laughs) the smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome Esprit, who usually joins us after his uh, commitment to Clear Channel Radio, uh, usually joins us. So he'll be in the house. But until then, we'll hold it down. The number is 347-850-1272. 347-850-1272. So we're just sitting around trying to think about something to talk about during the show. There's not a lot happening, right? We just had to try to find something. (laughs) To talk about it. <laughs> I mean, geez, what's going on? I mean, God, scratching my head. Hmm, what should we talk about? Well, I have some ideas. Let's break down the uh, agenda for you this morning. The more the merrier. According to a number of new reports, there are more whistleblowers willing and ready to talk to Congress. So, should the Trump uh, administration and Republicans, should they be worried now? Hmm, we'll talk about that. Second set, harmful or helpful? 
there are some polls out there that suggest that the Trump onslaught on former VP Joe Biden is starting to resonate. Should Biden change his approach to this whole issue? And last but certainly not least, something that we were going to talk about last week, but we ran out of time. Ten is not enough. Former Dallas police officer Amber Geiger received a 10-year sentence for the murder of Botham James. Jane, excuse me. The victim's brother forgave oh, Geiger. And even, and even uh, you calm down, calm down, calm down. We'll talk about it. And even <laughs> the judge gave the former peace officer a Bible. Does the time reflect the crime? All right, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. I think Vanessa is taking the T out of the word teaser. We already know how she feels about it. But stay tuned. She may change her mind through the course of the show. All right, so now, according to news reports, uh, more whistleblowers are out there. So now the Trump administration has been saying, ah, you know, this is one person. This person has secondhand knowledge, and how can you go off secondhand knowledge, blah, 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 blah. But now we're hearing that there are reports of people who have firsthand knowledge of what happened. And so now the Trumpsters should be getting a little worried. So, Mr. Elias, the first question goes to you. So should the keisters of the Trump administration start getting a little tighter, or should they continue with this same course of, hey, blame Joe Biden, blame the vice president, blame everybody except for the man who sits in the Oval Office? Well, let me, let me give you the narrative that they're going to give. They're not going to accept responsibility for what they've done. You know, on TV, he asked China for help. So, yeah, they should. You know, if, if he is bold enough to do that on TV and ask China for help, Guess what he did in private conversations with Putin? I I I want that private uh, that server to be opened up. If that private server is opened up with with the conversation that he the general conversations that he had with uh, Putin, man, you you and the rest of the, and the Saudi Arabians, man, look, dude, it's it's going to be a a a. a a field of, you know what he did. This this guy, is, it does not get it. He is asking foreign countries to help uh, with an investigation with an American citizen. With no patriotism there, is it? Nope. He's wearing all the flags on the lapel he wants to. Where's the patriotism at? I don't get this. You're asking a foreign country, hey, this is not this is, this is the third time, you know, well, two times in public he asked Russia to investigate Hillary Clinton's emails, and now he's asking China to investigate Joe Biden. I don't get how how you can stand behind this man after he says stuff like this. I really don't. So for all you guys that claim to be patriots and milit you know, the, you know, I, I, I stand behind the military, I I, I, you know, for all the football players that kneel, you know, shame on you. But yet, yet, yet still your president is coming out and asking foreign, foreign help to investigate American citizens. I don't get it. You know, Vanessa, well, Mr. Elias asked a question about he would love for that, uh, for that uh, computer, uh, that, sec- that secure computer uh, information or the voicemails to be released or the voice conversations. You know, now reports are out there that there are numerous calls with the Russian president that were not uh, that were not uh, uh, logged. There are a couple of calls with Kim Jong Un that's not logged. So there's some information out there that uh, that uh, we would love to hear about. What's your thought on this whole thing that's happening with Trump? And should the Trumpsters be worried that now they have more than one whistleblower 
that's starting to say, look, I'm going to put country before party, and I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to put my job on the line. And think about this from this perspective before you answer the question. Put yourself in the whistleblower's shoes. You're sitting in your living room right now or sitting in your kitchen drinking coffee, and you're about to make a life-changing decision for you and your family. Is it fair for that whistleblower's family? Should you do what should he, should that person, he or she, sacrifice their way of living, the way they know it now? Think about what you're doing today, and once you do this, tomorrow your life changes. Think about that for a second, and go ahead and give me your thought on this whole thing, Vanessa. You know, I don't know if I'm strong enough to do that. I don't know if I'm strong enough to put my livelihood on the line. I don't know if I would be strong enough to put my life on the line, because the Trump followers are crazy. Remember during the rally, he said, if you beat somebody up or you did this, I'd get you out of jail. And they literally was knocking people out and stuff. So I don't know if I would be strong enough, but I commend that person for doing what is right for the country and doing morals over parties. Uh, as far as the whistleblowers go, they're going to say that's a conspiracy. At first, it was fake news. Now that there's two, it's going to be a conspiracy. So he's going to always have something to say, just like they have came up with two people that have a sketchy background in the Ukraine that are saying they can back what Trump is saying about Biden. That's all fake. That's some folks that he didn't pay off to try to come back and say that Biden and his son did do something. So I think that Trump has stuff to bounce off of him. I don't think this is going to bounce, but I do, y'all, think it's going to take a few minutes. And I keep saying on my side, I think that those tapes are going to come up missing. You know, they said that he's had different phone calls with not just him, but with Putin and with other people. And they took the calls and they put them in that little magic box room. I believe, y'all, that that stuff is going to come up missing. I do. I just do. Because he's got so many people in his pocket and they're so afraid of him that they're just going to try to make stuff disappear. Uh, I hope that the, the Democrats continue full force at what they're doing and trying to get this rolling while it's hot and it's heated. But, I, you know, he's just, y'all, he is the crookedest. For him to call Joe Biden a crook just makes my flesh crawl. Every time I hear him say that on TV, it makes me just want to say some nasty stuff I got to go to church and pray about. I mean, he is such a horrible, cruel person. And Joe Biden's son doesn't know anything. How can he make that kind of money? Okay, well, let's talk about your son-in-law who can't even pass security in the White House. He can't even get a security clearance. And you want to talk about Joe Biden's son? You want to talk about Dale Crook when your daughter just got six more contracts in Japan that she's not going to be paying taxes and stuff with while your dad is sat on TV and say, Japan, y'all need to China check into Joe Biden. Y'all who are Republicans who are listening to this, I don't care what y'all say about me in the chat room. Y'all need to stop and, and, and think about the country for your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren. If you vote for Trump knowing what he is and the racist that he is to me, you are a racist. Just saying. Well, can't say it any better Thank than you, that. Vanessa. Tell us how you really feel, Vanessa. Thank you. Wow. I've been saying that all but, along. But, but, Thank you, Vanessa. But, 
Well, let me ask you this, Johnny D, because this is the thing that that, that I often think about. Now, you know, I thought about you when I was, uh, you know, sitting back watching some of the coverage this past week. When you look at what Trump is doing, and when you look at how the Republicans are starting to are falling in line, even though you're starting to see some defections, you know, Mitt Romney put out a scathing uh, rebuke of what the president has done. But you think about people like, uh, you know, Mitch McConnell is trying to straddle the line. He's saying, yeah, well, you know, I'm sorry, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, well, uh, we'll turn it up for a vote, uh, but uh, if I'm required to do that by Congress, uh, we'll turn it up for a vote. And, and so, so, but but at the same time, they're doing fundraising on the on the uh, impeachment, and then you look at what Lindsey Graham was doing. I mean, so, so we, you know, so do you honestly think, Johnny? This is the question I have for you. Do you honestly think that you know they? You heard Teflon Don, of course, that was for the ex mafia guy, but you know this guy's name is Donald Trump too. Do you think this will finally stick? Do you think we finally have something that's going to you know? Uh, really contributed to the downfall of this president. This evidence here is so insurmountable that I don't see how he comes out un- unflawed. Um, okay, October 6th. Remember what he's saying, guys. <laughs> October 6th. Let's write this down. October 6th. Go ahead, man. Finish the thought. <laughs> I, I will tell you this here. I, I think that at this point in time, it's so incriminating that even even the supporters who will remain supporters uh, outwardly, they they can't contest the the facts. Okay. Now we can sit back and we can talk about and try to shift the narrative and and focus on the Bidens and focus on conspiracy and collusion. But this man literally has done the exact same thing with the Russian investigation and came back as soon as Mueller uh, gave his testimony the very next day. He's sitting there basically uh, trying to extort Ukraine. Now Ukraine is in a in a in a real sensitive situation, and when you look at what we know, okay, and what the whistleblowers, and I, I certainly applaud them for finally coming out, but as, as, as more and more information comes to the forefront, uh, it's going to be less and less uh, opportunity for anybody to, to evade the facts. Now, how people react in, in America probably will not surprise any of us. I still think that in, in some instances that this will align Donald Trump up to Exactly face the opposition that he wants to to face. Uh, you look at the polls, and they talk about Joe Biden is taking a hit in the polls. And I know, you know, we're going to talk about that right there. But I think that there is a a, a, a systematic uh, thought behind some of those individuals who are backing Donald Trump to say, you know what? How can we twist this and make it work in our favor? Uh, I was reading throughout the week where the the Ukrainian. President Kalinsky, and again, this all ties back to Russia. Okay, so you know the the what he has done as far as his treasonous and criminal activities and actions. You know, five years ago when Russia basically evaded uh, Crimea and just took over that part of of that country, there is still opposition there, and now this uh, President Kalinsky is meeting some resistance. From some of his 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 countrymen, because he's looking at relaxing in a part of, of their 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 region called the Dunbar. He's he's looking at relaxing 
laws and rules so that the main language can be Russia. Now, who would do such a thing other than a person who's being intimidated and coerced by a president who is clearly – or a, a criminal who's clearly in cahoots with Putin? So it's, it's, it's bigger than what we can ever imagine, and the obviousness of what this guy has done – and then, uh, of course, with the the, the, the Secretary of, of Defense, um, what is this guy's name? I can't even remember his name, but uh, Pompeo. Okay, Pompeo. And, and now he's involved, and look at the lies that he's told. So you've got eight or nine of Donald Trump's closest um, ad- adversaries um, or, or, or a, you know, individuals who are allies to him that's already been in prison. And now you look at this 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 wave of individuals who are in cahoots on the, the um, uh, Pompeo, and then you've got the Giuliani, and all of these individuals who are Trump supporters. Uh, it, it, it's too incriminating. So I, I do think that for the first time, that those individuals who are sitting back saying that you know Donald Trump and people are trying to conspire against him won't have as much to applaud about and be able to shift the narrative, although they will continuously do so. But I, I do believe that this is the final nail in the coffin. Now, how quickly and, and how how much precision is, is, is done towards this here, uh, him meeting his political demise, is going to all be dependent upon how well and how much the Democrats want to play politics as well. But I do think that this is overwhelmingly incriminating in spite of all the ones who are sitting back saying, well, he didn't ask anything. Yes, he did. He did ask for anything. So all of those supporters who are still out there saying, well, I didn't hear him ask for anything. Lie, lie, lie. You know, it's interesting you mentioned the fact that you talk about all the supporters and you call them a criminal and you think that this will be the one. You think that this will be the straw that breaks the camel's back. And, you know, Mr. Elias, I'll tell you what. I mean, we thought that, you know, him being on tape with Michael Cohen said, go ahead and pay Stormy Daniels would be that strong. We thought that, uh, you know, the fact that uh, the Mueller report, even though the Mueller report was very convoluted and it had a lot of information, we did think, we thought that maybe that would be the star that breaks the camel's back. But, Mr. Elias, this guy is like Houdini. We, you might as well name this guy Houdini. How he gets out of this stuff is amazing to me. But, I guess, and this is what experts are saying, especially experts that watch criminal behavior, how every time a mic is stuck in this guy's face, he automatically starts with this whole thing, you know, I didn't do it. You know, this have anything to do with it. It was a good, perfectly clean call. It was a beautiful call. It was nothing wrong. I mean, Mr. Elias, do you think, that this will finally be the straw that breaks the camel, camel's back. Do you think the fact that now you have a number, a number of whistleblowers, and let's not forget the emails that were released overnight by the Democrats, I mean, in detail with conversations between Trump's cronies having conversations amongst themselves, do you think, Mr. Elias, this will be the straw that breaks the camel's back? Well, well Jay, before I answer that, let me ask you a question. It was such a beautiful call. Why are you hiding it? Why well, according to him, he's not hiding it. He's not hiding it, Mr. Elliott. Oh, he, he released a summary of it. And, and so you know what took place on the call because they released it. Thank you, but why did he put it away in the first place? Hmm? 
Why did why he do what? But see, I don't think he did that. Well, well, he didn't do it, Mr. Elias. What happened was why, why his his aides and his supporters were. They were like, hey, this dude is crazy. Let's go ahead and say White House attorneys mm-hmm. and lawyers said, throw that thing in the vault because this dude is crazy. Thank you. Why, so if it was such a perfectly beautiful conversation, why did they do that? <laughs> I, you got to ask yourself that question first. You got to ask yourself that question first. And do I think it's going to be the straw that broke the camel's back? If you put people like the people that we got in our chat room up there, nah, because they're saying it's okay for him for foreign countries to nope. come in and, and do stuff to our our our, uh, our, our own citizens. They're saying this in the chat room. It's amazing to me that these are the same proud Americans that are that 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 despite for patriotism that are saying it's okay to come in and investigate a foreign country to come in and investigate our own citizens. It's okay. It's okay. That's what they like. So if you put these people well, in see, charge, he, yeah, he's going to get away with it. But, but, but here's the other part, Mr. Elias, that, that's funny since we're going to talk about coincidences and things of that nature. You know, they're so quick. Now, you start to hear, Mr. Elias, and I'm pretty sure your job, you've heard this as well, people on your job are starting to say, oh, what's up with Biden and, you know, and Hunter Biden and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. Trump and his corrupt kids are running all rampant all over the world, and now yeah. all of a sudden they're going to turn a blind eye to this stuff. I mean, right. it's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. They're going it's, to. It's, 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 They're going it's to. amazing how these people mm-hmm. are so gullible. I mean, we're talking you about. Know I know VPs of of I know VPs of Fortune 500 co- companies that are supporting this guy. It's like, how did you? Where are you? What is your problem? How can you not see this? You don't want to see it. Because this guy nope. is doing exactly what you want he wants you to do. He tells you nonsense. You can't prove anything that Donald Trump has done legislatively. Nothing, right? He benefits and continues to benefit from an economy that was set in motion by President Barack Obama. I know that shakes you to your racist core, but that's, that's the truth. And the bottom line is, is that he sits there and he says this stuff, and you guys buy it hook, line, and sinker. It's amazing. Go ahead, Vanessa, finish, this, finish this out for this set. Okay. They're going to really get me. Y'all going to get me when I say this. Obama really did set this up into place with the economy. But I have to say that the reason why Trump is being able to maintain it is because he has so many cuts. For the rich people that they can afford to hire more people. But if you stop and you listen, listen, Jay, listen to me if you finish. There are so many places that are closing down that it's crazy. And they're not talking about the people that's on the unemployment roll because they get on the unemployment roll and then they drop off. Look at Forever 21 fixing to close 178 stores. Look at some of the other stores that have decided that they were going to close down because, and if you drive through, if y'all drive and go anywhere, y'all see these stores close down. And that's because Amazon and all these big places are taking it over. But do y'all know why Amazon can do that? Like the Amazon CEO man said, he didn't pay any taxes. He didn't pay one dime of taxes. So while all you middle class and poor people, black and white, are voting for this man, he is setting up the rich. Jared is setting up his family. Ivanka is setting up her daddy. The secretary man is having a party at Trump's 
uh, hotel for Christmas. Uh, what's his name, Bar? The, the, attorney, the attorney general. <laughs> yeah, his name is Bar. Bar is having a party yeah. at one of yeah. Trump's things. Then Trump is having the military set his hotel. Y'all need to wake up. Trump is not doing anything for the middle class and the lower class. So all you folks are just getting and grinning and y'all Republicans and y'all doing this and y'all against LBGBT and all that crap. Y'all crazy because when this man get out of office, y'all are going to see all the stuff that he has done and taken away from you, and it's going to be too bad. Aren't y'all paying attention that he's doing stuff for the upper class and not the middle class and the lower class? If y'all are listening to me, he is not doing anything to help you or your children or your grandchildren. These are little shiny objects of things that he's doing. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter. He he has no legis he has no legislative victories. He's not doing anything. All he's doing is saying what we're doing, and you people are believing it. All right. In this week's edition of Informative, <laughs> that's something that we, that's something that you need to know. You know, uh, we talk about how these phone calls are having an effect on national security. So this week, uh, we're going to listen to an interview with NPR News and James Clapper. You guys know who he is. He's going to voice his concerns about what's happening with the presidency and what the president is doing. Plus, on the other side, the smartest man in the world is checked in. We'll hear from him next. You listen to the serious side. We'll be right back after this. Don't go anywhere. Violation of the Tenure of Office Act. There were more than enough Republicans in the Senate to nail Johnson on a party line vote, but he escaped conviction in large part because key Republican senators didn't think breaking that law was an impeachable offense. Myth number three, impeachment is limited to deliberate abuse of official power. Actually, throughout American history, federal officers have been impeached for offenses ranging from petty corruption to neglect of duty to just undermining the public's confidence in their ability to do the job. So when Donald Trump asked, back during the Obama administration, are you allowed to impeach a president for gross incompetence? It was a good question. The answer is, maybe. James Madison said that impeachment was a defense against the president's incapacity, negligence, or perfidy. Abuse of power isn't the only way someone can disqualify himself from high office. Myth number four. The 25th Amendment is a legitimate substitute for impeachment. That amendment, which was drafted in the wake of the Kennedy assassination, allows the vice president to step in when the president is declared unable to discharge the powers and duties of his office. Lately, there's been a lot of loose talk about using it to repeal and replace the Trump president. But the 25th Amendment was designed to cover situations of near total disability. Uh, say a president put into a coma by a stroke or an assassin's bullet. It was never supposed to be an eject button for presidents who behave badly. If their behavior is bad enough, that's what impeachment is for. Myth number five, impeachment is a constitutional crisis. You hear this sort of thing, and even worse, whenever impeachment talk is in the air. It's a coup, a constitutional nuclear weapon, a national nightmare. Our Constitution's framers weren't nearly that angsty about it. As Benjamin Franklin put it, 
Impeachment provides for the regular punishment of the executive when his misconduct should deserve it, and his honorable acquittal when he should be unjustly accused. An impeachment debate isn't a constitutional crisis. It's the Constitution working as intended. I'm Gene Healy from the Cato Institute. Check out my new white paper on impeachment at Cato.org. Constitutional process, notwithstanding what he calls it, he calls the impeachment proceeding a coup. A coup. He talks about how we should handle whistleblowers. He talks about there will be a civil war. This is the guy that's unhinged. Welcome back in 347-850-1270. Listen, this is the serious side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network. Online radio at its best. It's Sunday. And of course, Sunday is God's day. And I guess that was God's way of saying we need to talk about impeachment because that wasn't James Clapper. But that's okay. You still learn about impeachment. And uh, if we get time, we'll try to get the clipper, uh, the clapper, uh, the clipper, the clapper, the clapper uh, clip on for you. All right. Once again, 347 uh, We've been talking about what's been going on here with uh, Donald Trump. And now there's an additional whistleblower out there, more whistleblowers out there in a Part of me believed that this is a part of the resistance. Remember that letter from a year ago? People said that we are within the White House and we're trying our best to not let this man destroy our country. And I think maybe they're starting to say, okay, let's make our move. And before the break, I asked you, what if you were the whistleblower? I mean, we sit back and we take a lot of this stuff for granted because we are just ordinary citizens picking up the news, reading the papers, and reading it, you know, wherever we get our news content. But think about the life changes that's going to happen from this person. Because if the most powerful man in the world is trying to find out what your identity is, it's not going to be that hard. I'm pretty sure that he probably already knows, and his advisors are saying, don't do it. But I'm pretty sure he knows. And so think about the sacrifice that that young man or young woman has to make uh, when we do this. But as we continue to have this conversation about the Ukraine phone calls, there's another party involved with it that's running for president on the Democratic side. It's Joe Biden. And so now a lot of folks within the Biden uh, campaign, they're starting to get concerned. They don't think that the former VP is approaching this correctly. Maybe he should sit down for a Q&A session. I mentioned before the break that there are polls out there that are showing that this is starting to resonate with average Americans, saying, hey, you know, well, what about Hunter Biden, you know, uh, doing these types of things? Let's start this conversation off with the man that I mentioned before the break that has just checked in, the one and only Mr. Jerome Esprit from EspritRadio.net, and the man who brings you on a weekly basis, on a need-to-know basis, is in the house. Good morning, Jerome. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. How you doing? I'm doing great. So let me ask you this. So what happens with Biden? Is this? I think I asked this question last week, but it's been a week. So let me ask again: harmful or helpful? Because now polls are starting to say, "Hey, okay, yeah, Trump is wrong, but two wrongs don't make a right." What's up with you and Hunter? What's up with you and your son with, in this deal? It's starting to, and now, as you can see, he's starting to slip in some of the polls on the Democratic side. He's trailing Elizabeth Warner, Elizabeth, what's her name, Elizabeth Warren, in Warren. some of these key first uh, primary states. He's starting to fade a little bit there. So, I mean, is this having some type of, what's the collateral damage on this thing, man, for the uh, the Biden campaign? In your um, opinion, you think it's good or bad? Well, okay, so, so but there's there's about three things that you said in there that I just want to kind of make a comment on. One is, okay, um, there there is nothing going on with Biden and his son. 
Now, anybody who who has any sense about how boards work, you know, you can sit on a board. I I sit on I still sit on a few boards, and um, mm-hmm. I've sat on a lot of boards over the years, and some of them actually pay you. And if you're on a big board, yep. like a power company and all those guys, they pay you a lot of money. I mean, you sit down for a board meeting and you get a $10,000, $20,000 check sitting in front of you. That is pretty much yep. how boards work. So, Lord, it, it, I want to be on a board. I know, right? <laughs> I kept saying, hey, I'm not doing no more free boards because I knew that years ago, right, that they actually pay you to sit on boards. There's nothing irregular about that. It's just that people who are not in that in that um, who understand that are acting like there's right. something wrong with it. So although yep. Trump and them have been doing all of this nonsense for who knows how long, we are actually spending time talking about Biden like they did something wrong. That just shows the power of the media when somebody says, mm-hmm. you know, that's why Trump lies so much, because everybody's yep. going to investigate it and have segments about it and ask about Joe Biden. and That's all he's trying to do is throw suspicion on him. Right, and we are good. we are somehow taking the bait by actually discussing it. But the truth is, we get to debunk it at the same time. The truth is that's why we're talking that, about it. That's why we're talking no, no, about I it know, Jerome, because but, we want to debunk it. Yeah, right. And so I always want to take the the um, the angle of understanding that we're not talking about this because we're worried or suspicious. The problem is is that when you can take something that somebody does completely legal and try to make it look suspicious and then compare it to those dudes breaking the law and him grabbing women by the crotch and saying that this even now, like, so he's suspicious. And he's, if you can do that, that is genius. And that only, that really works. I, I'm going to, um, I don't know if the, you guys have heard the controversy with Dave Chappelle's Sticks and Stones, his stand-up, but if I could take something from Dave Chappelle on this, the issue is, just generally, is that when you can, when you can make something like I'll, I'll, as a matter of fact, I won't use that. But if you can make something a false equivalent, and then make people talk about it, then it automatically adds suspicion. So in this country, yeah, actually I will use this. Jay Chappelle kind of mentioned the fact that when the Jesse Smollett stuff happened, and everybody was just, you know what, we cannot believe that, um, you know, this happened and everybody came out defending Justice Millett. And the fact that black people wasn't reacting, the LGBT community started accusing black people of being anti-gay or something at some point, right? In, in Dave Chappelle's stand-up, he makes a joke about it by saying, I think black people were suspicious. So when we're suspicious about something, we won't talk about it. But we ain't going to jump on your side immediately and be like, oh, I know this happened or this didn't happen. So what happens in situations like this, white folks generally will make a decision. And so you can throw suspicion at somebody, and they'll be like, oh, I think O.J. did it. O.J. was not even there, and everybody knows that he did it. They have no proof that he was even there. And we, and, and our heads will connect dots long as somebody points you in that direction. So that's why your polling starts to go, because all you have to do is throw out suspicion on some people. No matter how crazy it is, you throw out suspicion. The Democrats don't play like that, right? So they don't have that sense of spinning media that Republicans do. Democrats think that there's some fairness in life that, you know, we can't go out there and tell a lie and blah, blah. Republicans hold a lie down knowing that they're lying. 
Do you think that that's fair? So even having the discussion about Biden, it kills me just even in watching this stuff because Biden is going to win. The problem is, is that is he going to limp over the finish line or is he going to come across strong? So Democrats are so doggone shaky, even with suspicion, that Democrats are like, I don't know, it could be, I might have heard, it seemed like his facial expression, like they go through that, and I don't, I don't understand it. I mean, I don't know, this trick has been used for so long, I don't understand why we keep falling for it. I shouldn't say we, I'm not a Democrat, but I don't understand how people keep falling for that nonsense. And they get so emotionally tied into it. So they're like, you know, I can watch on TV where they're saying Biden should sit down and talk about it. Talk about what? There's a very simplistic um, strategy that you use, like, in doing political campaigns, for example. If somebody – there's no right answer to a question like, do you beat your wife, right? You can't answer that question, whether you do it or not, because the question goes, I did not beat my wife. And what's the headline? He says that he didn't beat his wife. It's like he never did. He was just responding to a question. So you cannot – Reiterate a question that somebody asks you, no matter how absurd it is, because people will actually take your words and use them against you. So you never answer questions that are ridiculous. Biden should not respond to any of those questions. You got something on him, go find it. But if he says that, then everybody's going to be like, well, we need to go look now. He sounds kind of suspicious. Like, you can see how this black folk, when a policeman asks you questions, don't answer that fool. Because no matter how you answer the question, he's going to say, it's kind of the way you answered it that made me want to arrest you. You're just giving them an excuse. If you never say anything, you never say anything. So there there are things that happen, man, that I, I think in this Biden situation that we should actually understand what's going on in the bigger picture. It's a deflection thing. We have um, two whistleblowers out, and the second whistleblower's attorney said, he has multiple clients. And then today Trump is accusing Rick Perry of being a whistleblower. You you can see this thing starting to spiral, so they need to spin and throw suspicion on somebody else, and they can't throw it on Hillary no more, so you got to throw it on Biden. Well, what about you, Mr. Elias? Do you agree with that assessment? Yeah, I, I, I agree on everything except for the Hillary thing. Right now they're investigating her emails, Jerome. That's they went back to investigate her emails. I forgot about that. Yes. They still want to. They still want a server. Thirty thousand emails. They're looking yes. for. Yes. Yeah. That 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 got me there. When they said we're going back in to investigate Hillary's emails, um, and we're gonna find something. What? Dude, can y'all stop for one minute? And 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 you all you hear about. It's, it's the Republic on the Republican side. I can't believe that we're spending all this money on a Mueller report. But yet and still, I ain't heard a Republican say nothing against going in and reinvestigating Hillary's emails, which they've already done and they didn't find anything. But, hey, what are you going to do to her? She's not in office. She's a citizen now. Who? What are you investigating? Yeah. I, and, I and cannot also, believe it. And also with that Mueller report, the Mueller report paid for itself. The fines that they even got from just Paul Manafort paid for the, the whole Mueller report and then some. So the government made about, um, I want to say, about 60 or $80 million off of the whole Mueller investigation because that is the, the money that they reconstituted or they collected on the side of the Manafort side. 
So there was even no cost to the government. They're still lying. Mm. Wow. Johnny, so, okay, so now, so basically when we look at what's happening with Biden and we look at this whole scenario of, you know, and what Jerome said is absolutely correct, you can sit on the board, you don't have to have any experience in it, you know, because boards, they make corporate decisions, if you have corporate if you have corporate experience, then you can, you know, bring information and be an asset to a board. So that's nothing unusual. But for people who don't understand that process, it's like, oh, my God, what kind of experience does he have in oil and gas? I know people who sit on uh, boards for uh, for environmental things, and they work in the oil and gas business. So, I mean, you can't use that as, as a judge. But when you think about this, do you think the Biden approach is correct? Do you think Joe Biden should say, you know what, hey, nothing to see here, no big deal, we're going to keep moving? Or do you look at it where the polls are saying, well, wait a minute, bottom line is there's something happening, right? I mean, so should he address it? I mean, he's addressed it, but people are saying, well, why don't you just sit down with an interview with, a, a, you know, with an interviewer that can sit down and ask you poignant questions, and you can say yay or nay. Well, what do you think? What do you think the approach should be for the Biden campaign? Well, one, I want to confirm what you what you and Jerome have said about boards. Now, I, I've sat on boards, but never been compensated, so I need to find one of those boards that Jerome is talking about. But <laughs> most of the time, hey, man. you know, if you think about it, and, and you he's, pay your board members exactly to travel. Certain, uh, and, and he's exactly right because I, I've known some some individuals who have had some some high state positions, and governors appoint them to these boards, and those are the ones that that pay handsomely. Uh, as far as uh, Joe Biden, I don't think that he owes Donald Trump and, and his followers the dignity of sitting down and having to be ridiculed over what everyone clearly sees as, 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 as a non-story. Now, certainly we talk about each week how D- uh, Donald Trump and, and, and his regime always will attempt to change the narrative. That's simply what's going on here. There was no violation against the law. There's no one other than, than, than Trump and his 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 band of, of, of crooks that's even suggesting that or alluding to it. But the bigger picture that I see is this here. You're exactly right, uh, Jay, when you talk about the dip in the polls. Now, that is, that's just simply the innuendos, the skepticism, the deceit, and the deception that surrounds any candidate when being opposed as far as doing something uh, criminal or, or illegal. Now, I think that it plays into Trump's hands for this reason here. He's probably salivating at the opportunity to run against Elizabeth Warren because he understands that the reason why he is attacking Joe Biden is because realistically, America, okay, America is is not prepared to see specific demographics as being the president of this country. So his, his real opposition comes in Joe Biden. So therefore, if he can continuously slander Joe Biden and put any doubt or skepticism into the minds of the American people, now you've got the Democratic base, those who can make some decisions, who sit back and say, you know what, do we really want to put Joe Biden in? You know, he, he's made these gaffles and he said these things and he's got 40-some years, uh, you know, within the Congress and, and, and the Senate. So do we really want to take our chances on letting him be the opposition to this criminal 
Well, the other side is, is Elizabeth Warren, who, you know, and, and Jay, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly looking forward to the show that you bring up uh, her, her criticism of President Obama because she was she was pretty staunch in, in that approach and her delivery. So she gets no, yep. you know, she gets no pass from me on this here. But I think Donald Trump, in his own, in his own uh, eagerness to step back and, and and try to get four more years, it, it, it's really applauding the opportunity to go against her. Uh, I will say this here as a long shot. You know, the one person who will will rear his head every now and again, who may have a formidable formidable opportunity, because I I, I do believe that that. The writing is on the wall for, for, for this criminal uh, enterprise. I think that there is enough um, incriminating evidence here because, again, folks, this is treason, okay? This is treason, what, what Donald Trump has done. This is treason. This is extortion. So let's, let's call it what it is. And I don't think that people will be able to avoid the obvious. And the more he talks, the more incriminating that the evidence becomes. Mitt Romney. I think will be a, a formidable opposition, okay? A formidable opposition. If, if he ever decides that, okay, I'm going to go against, you know, the party, the party strongholds and, and all of the party rules, and I'm going to oppose Donald Trump in a primary, I think Mitt Romney could probably be that one person who can carry. Because in essence, Utah was one of the, was one of the, the few states that, that Donald Trump um, is vulnerable at. So, Mitt Romney has his base, but I do want to see more people come out against Donald Trump. You know, I'm I'm still waiting on Tim Scott. You know, the African American senator out of South Carolina to at least say haven't something. heard anything from I him. Mean, have we? On this here. Nothing. Haven't no, heard anything no, from that no. guy. I mean, Nothing. You know, morally, morally and ethically, you have to say something. You just you can't stand by a, a party and just say, you know what, I'm just going to stick with my party. And, and think that that's okay, like some of the other ones are. I mean, to me, I expect more of him. And, yeah, you know what, should we? I think we do. I mean, as as, as a people, we should want those individuals who are representing our community and the communities of others to leave out of dignity. Because if, if you look at the Lindsey Grahams of the world, he has no dignity. So you would at least think that, that others would come out and be in opposition of, of Trump. So... Yes, I, I do think that this is going to be a scenario where Joe Biden owes no no apology or no explanation. Just simply let the facts go. And and if and if he holds true to the Trump form, all he has to do is just let the story die out because Donald Trump and his criminal uh, regime does that quite often. You know, what about you, Vanessa? Uh, when we you know think about everything that's going on with. Biden and the fact that he's dropping in the polls a little bit and, you know, one of the things that we want to try to do here, we want to reemphasize this point, is the fact there was nothing bad that happened. Nothing, 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 nothing. But yet and still, the bottom line is they continue to sit here and throw this out here. You know, and Donald Trump said this a long time ago himself. He said there's no such thing as bad press. You know, the bottom line is he said that before he became president. I'm pretty sure he may change that definition a little bit. But for the most part, it's like, hey, we're going to keep saying this. Every time a camera or a mic is shoved in his face, he says the same exact thing. We need to check Biden. 
And, you know, it, like you said, the audacity, the fact that this guy could even fix his lips to say right. that these kids are running globetrotting all over the world, world doing all kind of illegal stuff, it's amazing to me. But what do you think? Do you think the, the approach that the Biden campaign is taking on this is a good approach? Or if you were, you know, advising that campaign, would you say, hey, you need to step out and sit down with Lester Holt or sit down with Rachel Maddow or somebody and really address this issue? Similar to what President Obama did when race came up. Remember President Obama, when everything started coming up with race, he gave that major uh, speech on race when he was running for for the presidency. So should he do something along those lines? What do you think? What are your thoughts? Well, he said something the other day that he just wasn't going to really worry about uh, Donald Trump and Donald Trump was not going to hurt him nor hurt his family. I personally mm. do not believe that Joe Biden should waste any energy or money or time on the screen saying anything about this. Because Trump hurt himself when he got up and said, I think China needs to investigate. See, that hurt him right there. Because that made he said what? what? When he got up there the other day and told China to investigate oh, yeah. Joe Biden, yeah. I think that was a mistake. Yeah. I wouldn't have, I would not address it if I was Joe Biden. He is going to dip in the polls a little bit, y'all, because his name is in the news. I would keep it moving because you know what, Jay? If you pay attention to the TV commercials that's going on here in Houston, have you seen how many uh, Donald Trump TV commercials are running in Texas or in Houston? I've never seen so many Republican presidential TV commercials run this far away, not even in the same year. Donald Trump is worried that Texas is fixing to go blue. So he's going to shoot. I don't care if it's Elizabeth Warren. He's going to go after her and call her Pocahontas. So you know what? Forget it. He name calls everybody. He thinks everybody's a crook. But if you think that me and Les are not sitting on Facebook, resharing and fact-checking everything that his children is doing and all the money that they're making... It's getting spread across Facebook. The young people are aware of it, and the older people are going to vote for Biden because a lot of them are not going to vote for a woman. They're going to vote for a man. So I think right now the country needs to just stay steady, vote blue no matter who, and we don't have to, and y'all get Trump out the office because guess what? Unless he's in peace, he ain't moving. He ain't moving. He's going to come out with something. He ain't going to move. They're going to start evict him. Hey, get a U-Haul. And pack his stuff up and throw him out because other than that, it's not going to happen. I don't believe Biden can say anything. Keep it moving, Biden. Keep it moving. Do not let this take up any of your time because the press is going to take something he said and they go twist it around. I wouldn't say nothing. And good morning to you, Jerome and Ron. <laughs> you know, three, four. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. All right, listen. I mean, I think we all uh, are in consensus here. I mean, the bottom line is that he didn't do anything. Now, look, we'd be to me. I can't speak for you guys, but come on. I, I mean, to sit here and say that that uh, Hunter Biden didn't get on that uh, on that uh, uh, board because he wasn't because of his last name. I mean, come on. I mean, but it doesn't matter because it's not against the law. But what is against the law is what Trump and his family's doing. What is against the law? What is against the law is what they're doing and all the nonsense that they're up to. I mean, that's what's against the law. And the bottom line is, is that we need to understand that, and you need to be mindful of it. Stop acting like you don't see what this man is doing. 
It's ridiculous, and we need to do something about it. All right, October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and you know how we do it around here. We want to make sure that you take your mothers, your sisters, and all those people to get their breasts and stuff checked because that's the way it should work. So we'll be right back. We'll talk about what happened in Dallas this past week, and we'll see you on the other side. You listen to this serious side. The serious side continues after a short break. When I was diagnosed with breast cancer, both of my daughters were pregnant, and everything I was looking forward to turned into everything I was going to miss. First words, first steps, being there for my grandchildren, for my daughters. Today, those babies are three. I'm with them all the time. I don't know what's next, but I know I'm here today. My name is Alanthea Pena, and I'm Susan G. Coleman. This is for my sister, my mother. Lifetime and I are teaming up with former Project Runway designers to raise awareness about the importance of breast cancer research. For everyone. Together, we can all be the end. After all, research is the very fabric of eradicating breast cancer. Fund research. Save lives. BVN. Show your support by picking up your free BVN ribbons and stickers at the PVT offices in Artesia and Mayhill. Visit mylifetime.com slash stop breast cancer to learn how you can get involved.
can speak for myself, I I forgive you. And I know if you go to God and ask him, he will forgive you. And I don't think anyone could say it. Again, I'm speaking for myself, not even bad for my family. But I love you just like anyone else. I'm not gonna say I hope you rot and die just like my brother did, but I see I I personally want the best for you. Welcome back in three four seven eight five oh one two seven two. that was the brother of uh Bolton Bolton Gene Gene. Uh, his brother was killed by a police officer. Uh, we'll talk about that coming up next, but it's time to say good morning to our crew as we always do. Say good morning to the very lovely Vanessa May Belly from the McAnally. Good morning, Vanessa. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Good morning, Vanessa. We're doing morning. okay. How are you doing? Good morning, good morning. Say good morning to the smartest one in the world, uh, Mr. Jerome Street. What's going on, Jerome? How you doing? Hey, I'm good, man. Good morning. The man gets the first and last word here, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, sir. And good morning, everyone. And also, Mariana Music, that was Otakey's. It's O-T-A-Z-K-Y, and it's called Olympic. It's the name of the song, Mariana Music. Of course, you know, she is checking in. Speaking of which, she's in the house. Also, let's say good morning to our, I call him the educated brother himself, Mr. Johnny D. In the place to be. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning, Jay. I'm doing well. Doing well, everyone. All right. Let's say good morning, Mr. Ellis, to the people in the chat. If you choose so, if you do choose to uh, say hello, or you can we have not Kobe say hello. Man in there. We got we got Corvina Man and Rich Sister. We got three racers in there with us. <laughs> and and I, and I uh, continue say to say what I've been saying to you guys. And uh, you know what that is. Mm-hmm. Say good morning to a lot of people out there listening to Passes in the House. Of course, Mariana Music is has, she is checked in. Good morning, Mariana Music. What's happening to Lynn? What's happening to Ginger? That's a that's a cool name for the sixties. What's up, Jen? <laughs> Jennifer's in the house. Also, Robert uh, Kells. I hope that's not R. Kelly. Uh, Harold uh, Henry. Uh, ooh, just man, a lot of people are tuned in. A lot of comments as well. Have a lot to talk about during Chatterbox. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven. So let's bring in. Uh, and I know her time is winding down, but let's bring in our director for social media, the one and only Miss Jackie, in the place to be. Good morning, Jackie. How you doing? I'm doing well. How's everybody doing? Good. Well, How are you doing? Everybody's doing fantabulous, waiting to get the gifts from you. What's going on? Talk to us about what's happening with the show when it's not offline, when it's not online, I should say. And also, you know, give us a little bit of peek at what's happening with you and as you continue to move forward with your life. Well, if you need any more info about the TJRS Radio Network, Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as all three pages have the same ending handle. Facebook.com slash group 
Twitter.com, Instagram.com, slash T-A-R-S Radio. And if you want to keep up with me, welcome you to check out um, the Thoughts Provision page, Facebook, Facebook.com, slash Thoughts Provision for any and everything that has to do with what's going on, whether it's uh, with acting or with thoughts for vision or anything else that I have going on that is a place to go. And my thoughts for vision page on Facebook. Check it out. Check her out. Definitely stay in contact. Want to make sure you stay in contact with Jackie. And something else I want to say here real quick, something that's been going on behind the scenes, and I'll just mention it here real, real quick. I'm not going to get into detail, and I can talk about it with the appropriate parties when we're off the air. Heard about some uh, nonsense that's been going on with some former members, not former members, still members of the of the TGR's radio network family. And, you know, and they, we, I need to get with these folks and try to get this nonsense squared away because it doesn't make sense. And, you know, as long as you're associated with what we do, you need to, you know, you have to represent yourself better than what's going on here. So I'm going to get try to get in contact with the appropriate parties and deal with it. But I don't know if anybody in our listening audience has captured on to some of this stuff that's going on. I know somebody sent me something last week saying they hadn't heard me say anything about it. And I was like, well, it's between those two parties. But I do know that a lot of those folks were introduced to some of our listening audience through this show. So um, let me see what I can do to try to figure all that out. But at the end of the day, we all have to just be able to get along. Like Rodney King said, Mr. Elias, can we all just get along? That's what Rodney King said. We need to abide by the late, great Rodney King. Can we all just get along? All right, 347 minutes after the hour. I want to get into this final segment of the show, uh, something that we were going to talk about last week, but we ran out of time. But let's get into it right now. Former Dallas police officer Amber Geiger received a 10-year sentence for the murder of Botham Jean. The victim's brother forgave Guy Geiger, and even the judge gave the former peace officer a Bible and gave her a hug before she left the courtroom. Now, a lot of people may not like what happened as far as the time that was given, but uh, I want to spend a portion, I want to at least play in its entirety what Gene's brother said to the former police officer when the victims were able to address the uh, convicted uh, felon. Uh, let's listen, and we'll talk on the other side. I can speak for myself. I I forgive you. And I know if you go to God and ask him, he will forgive you. And I don't think anyone could say it. Again, I'm speaking for myself, not even bad for my family. But I love you just like anyone else. And I'm not going to say I hope you rot and die just like my brother did, but I I personally want the best for you. And I I wasn't going to ever say this in front of my family or anyone, but I don't even want you to go to jail. I want the best for you. Because I know that's what that's exactly what both of them would want you to do. And the best would be give your life to Christ. I'm not gonna say anything else. I think giving your life to Christ would be the best thing that both of them would want you to do. 
Again, I love you as a person. And I don't wish anything bad on you. I don't know if this is possible, but can, can I give her a hug, please? Please? Well, 
a judge wanted to go and give them a Bible and wish her well, that's fine. But he should not have opened his mouth to say he didn't think that she should get any time, no time. Jay, really? Now, y'all well. can shoot Jay whatever emails y'all want to shoot Jay because I don't care. Everybody needs Christ. I'm getting pressed to church now. We all need Christ. But we all also <laughs> have to pay a price for what we do. That drug okay. addict fool. Anyway. Wow, uh, wow, that's uh, that's unfortunate. Okay, uh, l- let me uh, let me swing around to you, Mr. Elias. Uh, what, what do you what do you think about it? Well, uh, you know, some I can't disagree with Vanessa at all, man. Look, man, you, you, know, you can't disagree with the fact that she, 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 she should call him a drug addict fool and and all that stuff. He's a young no, kid. I, I, mean, I, right? I would call him. I would call him a fool. He ain't no young I would call him a drug he addict fool, guy. but I would call him a fool. He is a young brother, man. That's his young. Well, if you shot my brother, and you, you, trust me, you shot my brother. I'm not gonna say you shouldn't. You should. You shouldn't go to jail. Hell, your, your but you shouldn't crucify the man. Like that's how he feels. I mean, you guys are. I mean, it's his brother. I mean, you guys are coming at him like, look, this guy apparently is in the church. He said, look, look, I, look, we, uh, look, look we forgive. We forgive. What do you think gonna happen? What What would you think that happened if he was a black police officer? When that white woman's house, she did ice cream, and he shot her. Thought it was his. Apartment. He would have got the death How many penalty. years do you think he would have got? And what do you think? Okay, well, that's the saying? question. I forgive you. Okay, that's. Come on, man. That's the question. You're right. Come on. That's the question, Mr. Elias. I mean, did he get Come enough on. time? I mean, I agree with you. She should have. She should have got more time. But it's like you're crucifying the brother. For and that's his thoughts. That's what he believes. You guys are saying his brother's God a fool. Bless, he's on God, drugs God, and God, all God other stuff. Him, that's his thoughts, Jay. God bless him if that's his I thought. I said he sounds but. like a drug addict, Jay. I didn't say he was. I said he sounds <laughs> okay, like a drug addict. You know. Cool, too. I Look, man. Like Mr. T. Okay. Mm-mm. <laughs> but that's a couple of I'm just, I'm just right, saying, so, so, man. I, if you shoot yeah. my, my, one of my family members, it's not going to be that. I'm just going to say, oh, oh, please forgive. No, man. No, you're a police officer. You're a trained Thank police you. officer. You are trained. This is supposed to be your job. You walking into an apartment where you don't you don't know it's your apartment, and then you start wow. shooting and kill somebody in their own apartment. Come on, man. You're trained. This is what you this is what you train all those weeks in the academy for. And then and to, to top it off, she'll, she'll, okay, she'll get off. Nah, she'll probably be out in three to four years, man, with good behavior. And what do you uh, think? You yeah, think somebody else that hires a police officer? Hmm? I don't know. I doubt it. You think so? Okay. <laughs> I, I, okay. I, well, I was just saying, you asked my opinion. Uh, I doubt it. Uh, uh, okay. Uh, uh, Johnny, man, what are, your, what are your thoughts on this, man? Jay, I, I will say this right here. Uh, as 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 a people, you know, we are most forgiven, so I'm not surprised. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm also not condemning of him. Um, he was, I, I think that he was sincere in his thoughts in regards to really forgiving the young lady um, and what she's done. Because again, that that's just who we are as a people. Now, when you think about the sentence in itself, clearly there was that's unprecedented. Um, I think that what I find to be at least refreshing 
is that they did not try to try nor incriminate uh, Mr. Bertrand Jean. You know, typically when you have situations mm-hmm. like this, the, the, the victim is the one that's on trial. That did not appear to be the case in this particular trial, nor did I think Ms. Geiger got up there and and tried to allude to the fact of of the act itself. Um, I I want to try to go back to to that particular evening, you know, where I've been talking to a lot of people. Uh, even when it when it happened, you know, it, it came out. Uh, some of the rumors was that they was in a relationship, and just a whole bunch of different versions of what could have been the the modus operandi behind it. Well, when you think about the testimony, clearly the the young lady could have been emotionally drained that evening. Could it have been an honest mistake? Okay, now of course you get she no was retrieve, sexing on the mistake. phone, the Johnny fact B. Is, uh, well, you know what, and, and I don't I don't deny that, Miss Vanessa. But what I'm saying is that realistically, could she have been caught up in a situation where her mind wasn't where it needed to be at the time and she went to a different floor and saw the door open with the same alignment apartment. Yeah, but you don't get any reprieve for mistake. Murder is murder. Now, of course, the judge charged her with murder, but the sentencing laws allowed the the time to be anywhere from five to 99 years, okay? Now, I think that the judge was unprecedented and acted out out, out, out of character in regards to giving Bibles and stuff like that because of course that 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 can lead to a mistrial. But as far as the, the young man, the brother and, and his his forgiving the young lady, I, I I really and truly think that he was sincere in his gesture and that's him, you know. Um the sentence itself was unprecedented. But the reality of it is when you look at situations where law enforcement officers kill uh, individuals on duty, where it's more blatant, and, of course, again, murder is murder, they get no time. Now, of course, this young lady was off duty and went in and, and killed a young, uh, unarmed young man sitting in his apartment. That right there has nothing to do with training. Or anything. So even the police chief that's getting beat up and battered. Now, of course, I do think that they probably tainted the the, the crime scene to try to make it look like something that it wasn't. So that corruption she'll have to deal with. But you know, they, they they're, they're questioning her training and everything like that. That has nothing to do with distractions. Uh, it's it's unfortunate, and you hate that one young man has lost his life. But I will say this here, uh, like I say, as a people, black people are typically forgiven. And most of the time we're forgiven to our enemies and those who oppress us. So that's that's nothing that's, that's new to us. Is it right? Well, that's in the eyes of the beholder. But this is a tragic situation. The 10-year sentence, uh, again, was in the sentencing laws. I think that the judge applied the sentencing law versus any type of mitigating factors that there could have been. I did not really necessarily see a whole lot of aggravating factors in the situation as far as the sentencing. But there was some inappropriateness done as far as the judge allowing that interaction and engagement even from the, the victim's brother to the the, the 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 young lady Mrs. Geiger and then her giving her a Bible. So there there was certainly some some things from a legal standpoint that wasn't right. But 
you know, again, that, that was just a misfortune. And, of course, you look at the expediency of the trial, you know, something like this normally drags out for a while. So what that means to me is that perhaps Ms. Geiger was was content to the fact that, hey, I was wrong in this right here. I'm not going to try to fight it. I'm not going to try to assassinate the young man's character. Now, if anybody heard anything different, I didn't hear that nor read that, and I just thought that that was favorable to her, which could be used as mitigating factors. Uh, what about you, Jerome? You know, I thought you was leaving me out on purpose on this one. Because I kept thinking. No. Here's the thing. No, 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 no. Dude, I was, no, no, no. Because I know you thought I'd be coming in hot on this one. Which I kind of am. No. I, 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 yeah, I know you are. <laughs> yeah, I know. I knew that was coming. I was like, hey, saving me. Because he knows I am not going to be that damn forgiving. So here's the thing. There you go. Hey, <laughs> let me tell you, it, it is. It makes no sense to me, right? I mean, I understand that black folk, Gina Solomon, we are forgiving people, right? But it is not our responsibility to keep letting you off the hook for hurting us. That is maddening, right? That is a mental illness. We love them more than we love ourselves. If a black person stole a slice of pizza, he gets 30 years, they'd be like, hey, you shouldn't have stole a pizza. She killed somebody. Right? And it's like, uh, you know, for myself, I need to forgive you. You don't. See, for me, you need to put me in a um, in a shooting gallery with her. Like, my my response to that is that we actually need to be able to own our own frustration with this doggone system. Right? It is not heroic for us to always keep forgiving white folks for creating trauma on black folks. Right? It's like the song Amazing Grace. The white man who wrote that was saying, save a wretch like me. He was like, pray for me for beating y'all silly. White folks have done this for eons. Right? Thomas Jefferson sleeps with his slave and says, you know, we're in love. You own her. Right? He had no options because you covered the cheek. You know what I mean? Like, it's not even that damn fair. So, for me, even looking at this situation, it is crazy to me that this is relatively like a discussion. Nobody is criticizing that young man for whatever he feels he needs to do. But all of us know that something is wrong with him that he is fighting with his oppressor. We know what supremacy is. We know what colonizing is. You love that woman more than you love yourself. I think Malcolm said it best when he said, when a slave master gets sick, you say, we sick. What kind Mm -hmm. of thing is that? We are fighting with the people who are killing you. If a black person did that, we'd be like, that N-word needs to blah, blah, blah. All outrage. We having a rational conversation about her her killing that dude. He was sitting in his house. She comes in and kills him. They're like, you know what? She, who knows what she was thinking? <laughs> like, we want to find goodness in her. On the table. Right. But I'm saying, we want to find goodness in her. She made a mistake. Well, isn't she supposed to be a professional? Isn't, isn't she cha- trained with firearms? Did she know not to shoot him in the heart? Like, what part of that are they not getting? She was sending a, a text message to a married man that she was dating. They were sexting, sexting no, I know. on the phone. I know. 
So I'm just saying, forget her being distracted. When she walked in her apartment, she did she didn't notice the furniture didn't look like hers. You know what I mean? Like we start making excuses for it's like, oh, she was, she may have thought she didn't think Jack. She saw a black man. She shot him. So that's not a hate crime. I don't know which one is. You know what I mean? She saw that black kid. She she didn't go through this whole range of emotions saying, oh, I thought it was my apartment, blah blah blah. She saw that food and shot him. Because it, who who breaks anybody's house and sit down eating some eating watching TV sitting on the couch? So wasn't even rational enough to be a police officer. If that's the case, if that's how her critical thinking skills are working, technically most police officers need to lose their damn job. Because because aren't you supposed to in the flash be able to assess the situation? She ain't accept, she ain't assess nothing. She shot him. And we and we are making excuses. We internalize. Um, crimes that's committed against us. We need to move on. We need to hold hands. It's like even dealing with this Trump stuff, right? The Republicans are like, hey, you know, we need to look at, you know, it, it's somebody else's thing. Y'all just have a witch hunt. Like, we actually discussed that while that dude is blatantly putting his finger in your food. <laughs> it's like, you need to eat it anyway, right? <laughs> that, I don't even know what we can even say about that. The point is that we have to get over the mentality of being colonized. We have to get over that. The fact is that your oppressors don't get extra special privileges because they don't know. Right? They're supposed to be smart. Get over it. If you are smart and you're rational and you're all-knowing, hell, we should hold you to a higher standard than black people then. Hmm. Yeah. All right, let's, uh, Jackie, I know Jackie want to get in on this. Jackie, what do you have to say? Okay, um, once again, excuse the background noise. I'm going to be quick. Um, this bottom line, I don't have her, well, let me first of all say, I know the sentence that she got, definitely I feel it wasn't enough time, but Definitely, I don't have no problem with what the brother did. I don't have no problem because the forgiveness, you know, is for you. So you're not sitting up there holding on to anger, holding on to bitterness, holding on to unforgiveness. Because that will take you out quick. So I don't have no problem with because he made it clear he wasn't speaking not even for his whole family he was speaking on the behalf of himself so I don't have no problem with what he did all right that's uh well look I, you know I'll just add something here real quick and real brief the bottom line is is that uh, I agree with most of you guys I think that when we look at the sentencing and, and the guidelines I mean you can go back and look at examples of people getting harsher sentences for doing you know doing less you know I mean I think about Michael Vickton seven years for, for dog killing I mean how, how is this any different all the young lady who killed her pastor's son I mean a pastor I mean killed her pastor husband you know, we've I've talked about this a thousand times because he wanted her to walk around dressed like a a hooker, you know, while they were doing their sex capades. You know, and she shot and killed him for mental abuse, and she I don't even think she served any time. So, you know, at the end of the day, you, you have to look at this stuff. You wish that there was some some standardization to some of this, but that's just the way we work, and uh, it's just unfortunate. And as far as the judge, that was an African American judge who actually. 
uh, allowed the hug, and you know, and did she hug per- the person and then gave him a Bible, and you know, it's just it's it's uh, it's something, you know, it's when it, I don't know, it, it, it's it took me by surprise as well. Um, never seen anything like that before, um, and you know, God bless the young brother who, uh, you know, I'm like you, I don't know if I can forgive anybody for uh, for you know shooting and killing anybody in my family, I, you know. I just don't think I can do it. So, all right, it's time for the NPR News Update. And after that, we'll jump into Chatterbox and on the need-to-know basis you're listening to the serious side. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Volvo. Sixty years ago, Volvo Cars invented the three-point seatbelt, then shared it with the world. Since then, it is credited with saving more than a million lives. At Volvo, people will always come first. More at volvocars.com slash U.S. Voters in Portugal are going to the polls in a parliamentary election today. Opinion surveys suggest the Socialist Party of the Prime Minister will do well, but will need support from one or more parties to remain at the head of a minority government. Parliamentary elections also being held today in Kosovo and Tunisia. One of the most storied and influential drummers in rock music has died. Ginger Baker is best known as a member of two 1960s supergroups, Cream and Blind Faith. Baker died today, according to his family. He was 80 years old. Though Ginger Baker earned international acclaim playing rock, NPR's Tom Cole reports Baker always considered himself a jazz drummer. Peter Edward Baker listened to jazz before he started playing, and his first gigs were with jazz bands, as he told NPR in 1990. I used to write scores for big bands and play in big bands, too. But rock was where he made his name. Baker became a superstar rock drummer. Then he immersed himself in West African music. But towards the end of his life, Ginger Baker returned to his first love. Tom Cole, NPR News. Italian opera star Marcello Giordani has died. Giordani died at his home in Sicily this weekend following a heart attack. He was 56 years old. Giordani was a renowned tenor who was a star at the world's top opera houses, including the Met in New York. I'm Giles Snyder, NPR News. Again, folks, it's time for Chatterbox. Final thoughts from the world-famous chat room. And, man, we're running out of time. We're up against the time limit, so we're going to make our comments limited. Mr. Elias, man, do you have anything from anyone in the chat room that's worth reading? Mm-hmm. No, sir, I don't. Nope. Yeah, I saw some of the comments, too. We had to throw a guy out of there. You can't come in here and make those type of comments. I'm a, I'm a believer in free speech. You can voice your opinion, but when you start calling us names, then you got to go. So hopefully we will see that individual again. All right, I have a few here that I'm going to read here real quick because I want to make sure we give Jerome as much time as he needs to do what he needs to do. All right, so listen, the first one is from the pastor, Pastor Stephen Jones. He says, uh, good morning, family. We first have to understand that forgiveness is more for the person that forgives. I will leave you with three Bibles. Bible verses. All right, so be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. That's Ephesians 4:32, 1 
For if you forgive others for their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you, Matthew 6 and 14. But if you do not forgive others, then your Father will not forgive your transgressions, as Matthew 6 and 15. I will leave you all with this. People of the world handle things different, handle things one way, and people of God handle things in another way. Marietta Music, God bless Bryant for forgiveness. Bryant is a young man's brother. Uh, the sentence was light. I disagree with Johnny about the judge allowing the victims brother to hug Miss Geiger. He lost his brother. He has at least earned that right. And uh, Bishop has checked in. Bishop Nancy from Newark, New Jersey. She says, through Jesus, the Son of God, we have an opportunity for a new life, an opportunity to step out of a life of sin and step into forgiveness. Calling a young man names for his belief in the Word of God is not of God, and I hope that the commentator who made those comments continues on her path to the true understanding of God's love and his forgiveness of all your sins. And on that note, I received guys, that. you know. I don't. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. All right. And on that note. The first lady dazzles on election night in a... Tell me, what do you want me to do? Pledge Alright folks, you know what time it is. It is time for my favorite part of the show. Only need to know basis with Lucer I mean with uh Jerome Spree. What's going on, Jerome? What are you talking about this morning? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Little blonde white girls 
Now we get all righteous and want to throw a book at somebody. And I didn't mean to go that far. I'm not past, I'm not jumping on you, Pastor, for that. But I am. That is my frustration with how religion is used to pacify us for slaughter. Right? You cannot say to people who are not righteous that the righteous need to be sacrificial lambs to them. Because I will point you to the Gospel of Thomas. Read the Ethiopian version of the Bible. Forget King James. Right? You need to go back a little bit farther in religion for this stuff. So I'm not preaching to nobody. I'm just saying, don't take shots at people because we feel some kind of way emotionally. That's pretty raw for us. But the only time we do this is when we're fighting over white folks. Stop caring about them so much that you want to down your sister. Find out what's going on with her. All right, I'm done with that. Thank Just, you. If, if, if anybody want to make a comment to me, fine. You can send that to me. And I am dead serious about that. That is not even anything to play with. We need to get over it and stop pacifying people. You know, we want to be serious on the serious side. We need to stop being so doggone frivolous when it comes to black folks having interaction and conversation and why we feel the way we feel emotionally. You're letting slavery stuff dictate how we look at the world today, and that's crazy. We need to wake up from that. Now, you know, I I don't know a good way to transition to news to that, but I I guess I'll start it off since we're already talking about it. I don't know a good way to go this, but I just want to say there was another white police officer who shot dead a fleeing unarmed black man who was acquitted of manslaughter in Georgia this week. Right? He was acquitted on Saturday. Two counts of manslaughter stemming from the 2018 fatal shooting. Um, the jury found ex-officer um, Zachariah Presley guilty of violating his oath of office. So he shot this man in the back, and now he faces from one to five years for violating his oath of office. Hmm. When is this going to stop? Wow. And, right? so, so, and that's yeah. the thing about the woman who fought. Think about the woman who fired the warning shots in Florida and got 20 years. Warning I know. shots. There's no warning justice shot. in that system is what I'm saying. So when we start doing the bidding for other people who are victimizing us, we need to call that out. People need to preach that from the pulpit instead of leading people to the slaughter and telling us to be quiet and pray for them and hopefully their souls will get saved. Whatever, save my soul. <laughs> you understand? Like, we need to look at this diff- differently. So... So the pastor of the guy who was killed said he, he denounced the acquittal outside the courthouse, saying that the evidence was open, open and shut. He said that that man admitted to killing Tony Green in cold blood. And he said, to me, it's hunting season for young black men. Um, and we're being gunned down in the streets with no repercussions and no consequences for the officers. That's his pastor saying that. We need, we need to be more aggressive in our focus when it comes to people um, just violating us. It, it has to stop. Like, so why not stop now yeah. is the point. All right. On a happier note. <laughs> Again, I don't have a, I don't have a transition. In, in news, I'll go to our news story. You know, um, former President Michelle I mean, Barack and Michelle Obama are ce- celebrated their 27th years of marriage this week. 
um, and they wanted everybody to know how happy they were. So on October 3rd, 1992, was the day that they, um, I guess, was the day they got married. They put out information on Twitter, or on Instagram and Twitter, celebrating their, their milestone. And while the former president called his wife Babe, she wrote how um, they're still feeling the magic after all these years. So I just wanted to give a, a, a presidential uh, say what's up to our president and first lady while, while I go into right. our next, the, the other guy at some point. Now, um, twin birth hit a decade low in the U.S., by the way, declining, declining multiple births. They're saying it's meaning healthier babies. This is what experts are saying. So since the peak of twin births in the U.S. in 2014, the rate has fallen by 4%. So last year, um, uh, 124,000 twin babies were born in the U.S. last year. That's according to um, the CDC, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention. All right. Now, they said that, um, I guess, a doctor and of well, I'm sorry. Doctor and father of five, who's 36, was sentenced to 40 years in prison for prescribing a half a million opioid doses in two years, including drugs that wow. caused death in West in a West Virginia woman. So, Doctor Joe Joe Smithers was sentenced on Wednesday at U.S. District Court um, after he was convicted in more than 800 counts of illegally distributing drugs in May. You got 40 years. Yeah. All right. Now, um, you know, um, 65,000 Americans died violent deaths in 2016, and that's over 60% Over 60% were suicides, according to the CDC. So nearly 65% of Americans who died violently took their own lives, and a quarter were murdered by others, and guns were the driver of violent death. That's even in suicides. It is guns. Yeah. Again... I'm not going to go in on that one too much. Now, thousands of victims of the Los Angeles mass shooting will share up to $800 million in the settlement after agree, uh, agreement with the owners of the casino. And I think it was, what's the casino? Yeah, can't even think of the uh, casino. Yeah, it, it, it's MGM, I think it's MGM. I MGM think, owns, I think. yeah, I can't yeah. think of where he shot from, but he didn't shoot from the MGM. Mandalay Bay. Mandalay, Mandalay. Bay. so I think MGA must own both of them. So the amount of settlement mm-hmm. with the MGM Resorts International depends on the number of plaintiffs who take part. That's according to a statement from a Las Vegas law firm. It's like Again, 800 million, isn't it? Huh? It's like 800 million, isn't it? It's 800 million, yes. That's like a couple weekends for them, man, in Vegas. I know, I know. <laughs> they'll, they'll get off the, yeah, one fight night and knock mm-hmm. that out. All right, really? now, actor, actor comedian Eddie Murphy revealed that he's going to Reprise his role of Axel Foley in Beverly Hills Cop 4 after he finished Coming to America. Now, he made the big announcement while promoting Dolomite is my name, uh, which is yeah, uh, I like to see that uh, Rudy one, Raymore. What'd you say? I like to see that. I want to see that Dolomite. I definitely oh, want to see that. It opened um, two days ago and it begins streaming okay. on Netflix on October 25th. So, okay. you know, and he, he's going to host Saturday Night Live on December 21st. So it should be interesting. Dolomite, which Wesley Snipes is in, and then Wesley Snipes is in Coming to America. So it should be interesting. It is cool to see, like, those actors, like, come together to be able to do something. They're older now. 
you know, and every time we, you know, as black folks are concerned, you know, you go into a certain age and Hollywood kicks you out, you know, and so I'm glad to see that they're, they're starting to get back in this. Oh, you know, by the way, Diane Carroll passed. I can't believe I forgot Diane Carroll. And if you don't know yes. her, she was she's the first Ooh. black person to have a sitcom. Um, Julia, I think was the name of it. Um, yes. And, um, of course, for younger people, she was Whitley's mama on different <laughs> different worlds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, she was on but, Dynasty. Yeah, and she was on Dynasty. And, um, yeah, she still looks that, good at 84 years old, man. Ooh, yeah. She still yeah, looks beautiful. Mm. Yeah, I, did, I didn't want to show my age by telling people that um, my movie, my favorite movie with her, I was little, but the movie was uh, with James Earl Jones. Claudine. What, um, Claudine. 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 Yeah, that was black explosion yes. for you know, when, I, when the, I, I watched that three nights ago, man. And so, so when so when social services come over, they roll up the old uh, the new TV, put yeah. the old one back out. Exit. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm sorry. If you get a chance to watch Claudine, Claudine is the movie. James Earl Jones, young yeah. fella. <laughs> That's good. Mm-hmm. Now, um, you know, the French be- Fresh Prince of Bel Air star Tatiana Ali will welcomes her second child with her husband, Dr. Von Raspberry. Um, they confirmed that their new addition back in August when it was an article of e- with Essence. But I just wanted to say this in her story because she, she publicly said this, so I wouldn't have just done this if it was Pavarotti. But, you know, Tatiana met her husband on eHarmony. She met him in 2006. So she and Essence Atkins, the other uh, um, actress, she met her husband on, I think it was Match.com or something. I guess, I guess, you know, I I think the saying was they didn't want to date other broke actors. (laughs) So they actually got online. They wanted. They said, "I wanted." Uh, I think S. Zekin said, "I wanted a regular person, somebody with a job." Like generally, they can't be starving with me, you know. Mm. Now, um, Will Smith has finally revealed that he's launching his Fresh, Brit, Fresh Prince of Bel Air clothing line. So he went to Instagram on Tuesday and has an athletics line at shop.willsmith.com. So he said he's putting mm. new merch out <laughs> if you, for you young kids who want a Fresh uh, uh, Bel Air outfit. I guess that's what it is. All right. So my outrage for today, well, I have two, because Herod Tubman House is being demolished and replaced for condos after a nonprofit that owns it in Boston um, is forcing it to sell. So Wow. Yeah. The one in Boston, now, she's from Auburn, New York, which, you know, is near me. But that house in the AME Zion Church that she sat on the board of, that stuff is still standing. It's still there. But the house that she had in Ohio, I mean, I'm sorry, in Boston, they are tearing it down to build condos. Wow. I would tell you what I said on social media, but um, I'm sure Vanessa will go find this. But, <laughs> but um, it wasn't really that happy about it. Oh, I'm hey. Well, I'll, I'll tell you so you don't have to. I just said the people who will dig up people's graves will not care about anything that is uh, sac- uh, that is sentimental towards nobody. If you dig up somebody's grave, you will not have any kind of, like, um, compassion for something that's sentimental. 
I agree with that. Yeah. Hey, I, I'm trying not to get Jay in trouble. This is already going to get read back by somebody who's going to call Jay. All right. My second outrage is Simone Biles lands two huge moves in the World Gymnastic Championships in Germany on Saturday. And she will have new skills named after her. Now, she has the Biles the, um, first landed with a oh. triple-double on floor exercise, which involves a triple-twisting double backflip. Right? They named that after her. And then she wow. has another one. It's the Biles 2 that she also, um, you know, while on the balance beam, she performed a double tuck, two flips, and a twist while dismounting. Oh. Sounds like in living color, but that was real. Um, <laughs> so early, earlier this week, though, officials watered down the port, the points awarded for difficulty in those moves because they said it's too risky for other gymnasts to attempt. So they won't mm. give her the points that she deserves because they don't want other gymnasts trying it. <laughs> wow. Frailty yeah. is getting on my nerves. So... Biles told NBC Sports, I'm in a league of my own. Yes, that doesn't mean that you, can, you can't credit me for what I'm doing. They keep asking me to do more difficulty and to give more uh, artistry and give more harder skills. So when I do, they don't credit me for it, and I don't think that it's fair. Mm-hmm. Now, her, her triple twist double was valued at a rare J level, level skill. Like, it goes from A to J. But the double tuck was only awarded an H because the International Gymnastics Federation of Women's Technical Committee tried to justify their their criticism by saying they just was looking out for the safety of other athletes. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hey, I, I don't ski. Like, I don't competitively ski. I probably can, I ski a can a little bit. But... I, if I choose to do a, a, a backflip when I can't do one on the ground and break my neck, that, that's me being stupid. <laughs> like, you can't take her because other gymnast, gymnasts might get hurt for trying it. Oh. Again, wow. yeah, it, it's because I, I want to say it, and this is the theme of the show, it is because she's black. I just wanted to say that for mm-hmm. you. <laughs> well, there, well, there you go. All right, Joe, we have time for one more, man. What, what, what do you have in, in that bag of goodies that can... Uh, Really? It's a, <laughs> hey, see I, I left out all the political stuff for that, you know, just <laughs> just for, for the record. Um, you know, okay, so a North Carolina man has sued his ex-wife's lover for destroying their marriage and won a payout of $750,000. The judge wow. ruled in his favor of Kevin Howard for alienating alienation of affections case. And the law only exists in a handful of states across the country. The claim is made by a jilted spouse against a person they believe has purposefully interfered with their marriage. So mm. you can get sued for financial reward. Now, here's the thing. The legal um, precedent originates from English law where women who have once viewed as property, if someone else, someone alienates the affections of marriage, there was a financial cost to be repaid. So for states that oh, wow. still maintain the alienation of affection can pay out huge. So this one guy won $8.8 million for um, after stealing um, some man's wife. $8.8 wow. million. Yeah. Wow, wow. So, that, so that, here's the state. Uh, that's the other uh, thing. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah yes, sir. 
here, here's the thing. I just want to say this. For anybody living, because that, that law still exists in only a few states. So if you live in Hawaii, Mississippi, New Mexico, South Dakota, Utah, and North Carolina, do not mess with somebody's wife. I'm not telling you to mess with them in any other state. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> you want to take away from his wife. Yeah, I want to end on that one because you got to stay away from their wife if you don't live in them states. Otherwise, oh, wow. I think I'm going to visit Mississippi. News <laughs> 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 you can use joking. from the one and only Mr. Free <laughs> Man. Thank you so much for for that tidbit of information. <laughs> now it's time for our final thoughts. Ms. Vanessa May Belly from the McAnally, your first final thoughts. I'm sorry, I had to take okay. the phone off mute. Okay, right, so let me apologize to those that I offended because of the way I feel. I don't want to offend you, I'm just telling you, I got a problem with that black guy sitting there hugging on the white woman who killed his educated brother who came to the United States to get a degree and then help the old people in the apartment complex to be able to pay their bills and stuff online and teach them stuff. I got a problem with him saying, I forgive you, you shouldn't go to jail and all that. You can forgive people, and sometimes it takes a few minutes for me, but I get there. But I didn't like seeing him hugging on her and saying, I wish you didn't go to jail and all of that. That's just me. That's just how I feel. And I don't deserve to be, well, you know what, if y'all want to call me an ugly name, I really don't care unless y'all can go buy a brand new mobile home. But anyway, um, I that's just how I feel about that. And I also feel that Joe Biden couldn't say anything. I, I think he needs to let it roll because it's just another little shiny object, as I call it, that he's pleading with Biden. If it's not Biden, it's going to be Pocahontas. So he don't need to say nothing. Just keep rolling because guess what? This is not what's going to take him down. You didn't get to ask me that, Jay. You asked Les, was this going to be it? I don't think so. It seems like stuff bounces off of Trump. It's going to take a whole lot of whistleblowers to come out and get him and take him down. I love y'all. I thank y'all. I'm going to miss it. talking to you next week, Les, because after that I'll be out two Sundays. I'll be cruising the Cabo. And y'all have a wonderful week. And I'm all righty. Pray, pray, girl, pray. All right. Thank you so much, Vanessa, and have fun. All right, man. Johnny D, man, your final thoughts. Jay, I was going to say something totally different, but Miss um, Vanessa, as as a Nubian black queen, you know, you owe no one any apologies. Uh, we have to come to a point in this world where. We have to understand that people have different views, different values, and to agree to disagree is probably the best thing that we can do in this era. So there's no apologies needed. Uh, there's no condemnation of, of thoughts and comments. And I just wanted to, to, to say that right there where in America, you know, persons think that, that their rights can impose on others, and that's just not how it is in today's society in day's age. So again, I thank you for this opportunity. I thank the listeners for allowing us an opportunity to come into your home. Even those who have these these condemning racist comments uh, every week, um, you elect to come and listen to the show and listen to this point of view. And again, I just think that it's a wonderful forum, wonderful dialogue, and clearly God has blessed me for the opportunity to be part of this particular uh, show. So again, thank you all for for this uh, 
opportunity. Man, you're the best, brother. Mr. Jerome Freeman, final thoughts. Thank you. Yeah, I, I want to, and again, I'm sorry that anybody else addressed this but me. I I was saying that about Vanessa. Vanessa, you didn't have to address it, but cool, up to you. Um, I, I kind of want to do just one story. You know, Google is mm-hmm. targeting black people to test new facial recognition software. They offered $5 gift cards to homeless people and students to take part but they didn't tell them what the test was for. So they are actually going out looking for black people just to measure their Pixel 4 smartphone because, like we've done on the show before, those cameras on your um, computers, on your phones, the facial recognition does not work well on black people, and especially black females. So they said they're, they're error prone to recognizing black females. So um, earlier this week, Congressman Rashida Khalid criticized the Detroit Police Department facial recognition software for not being able to accurately recognize black people. So this is going on across the across the board for all of that facial recognition software. The Detroit Police Department facial recognition software had an error rate of 60% for black people and was error prone higher for black women. So just want to let you know that don't volunteer to get your face on nothing because they're testing something. All right, man. Yep. Good stuff, man. Appreciate the knowledge you give us every Sunday. The man who gets the first and last word here on the serious side, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S, man. Final thoughts. Turn your mic on, Mr. Elias. Or privacy here, so. Uh, I read something in the chat room where Easy and Vogel Bright came in and said, you know, black men shoot other black men. Well, white men shoot other white men. Same as alarming rape. No different. So, what do you got? Do you call that white on white crime? No, because it's been cleverly, it's been cleverly, it's been cleverly put in and, and, and packaged up as black on black crime. White men do the same thing at an alarming rate too. They shoot other white men. So don't just claim what, what black folks do. Look and see what white folks do. Just like they, just like they categorize black people to be on welfare. More white people are on welfare than black people, but they call it a black people syndrome. So look, when you get that, when you get down to it, folks, claim your own things and stop, stop pointing the finger at other people. Well said, and I'm going to uh, I'm going to actually give my time to uh, Bishop Nancy from Newark, New Jersey. And this is what she says. She says, "Look, uh, in a world full of pain and suffering, there is actually one way for us to find forgiveness from our uh, immoral acts and wrongdoings." She says, "Through Christ Jesus." She says, "The Word of God is the Word of God. It is your choice whether you choose to adhere to it or not." I pray for the continued success of your show and its contributors. Prayer works. And on that note, Mr. Elias, if it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, what time is it, my friend? It's time for the serious side of the Jay Rao Show. Folks, it's been a pleasure to serve you as always. We appreciate you, and we thank you for listening to our show. So, for Vanessa Maybelli, for Johnny D, for Jerome, for Mr. Elias, I'm Jay Rao, saying every great work we can remember. It's Sunday, and we're talking serious stuff. It is the serious side. God bless everybody. We'll see you next week.